2: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org from Louisville Public Media. Getting the day started, getting, getting going.
1: Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here and checking out the series. Uh, Please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that I put out. In fact, it's uh, three interviews every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. A great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones as well at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Merritt. Today, catching up with Toro Y Moi, Me and Chaz Bear going to talk about the uh, the brand new record, Mahal. It's an album that touches on his uh, his Filipino heritage, while also commenting on the world at large. Uh, he's going to tell us about uh, the repurposed jeepney, the uh, World War II era jeep that he bought, and how it ties into the record. Uh, landing on a '70s psychedelic soul and funk sound. And how he sees this as a sister album to 2015's What For. Uh, Chaz also going to tell us why he wrote a thank you to the Postal Service, uh, not the band, the actual Postal Service, although there should be plenty of thank yous to the band as well. Uh, We're going to comment on the digital era and, and how we consume content and having Ruben from Unknown Mortal Orchestra back as a guest and his plans to release instrumental versions of all of his albums on their 10th anniversaries. So let's jump into it. We're discussing Mahal. It's Kyle Meredith with Toro E. Moi. Hey Kyle, how's it going? Oh, it's great to see you again. You've got a brand new record. Uh, am I saying right when I say Mahal? Is that is that correct?
0: Yep. Pretty, yeah, pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah. Uh, and as usual, I am completely in love with the sounds you're making and, and the world that you are kind of creating in, in this this right here and maybe that's that's where we start actually you know there seems to if not be a complete concept at least a loose concept that follows along with a lot of your records you know in this one even you know there are the little audio pieces that that put some of the songs together with a radio static and the tape hiss did you find that you were trying to create sort of a bigger picture this time around
0: I think I paid more attention to those little details like that and I think that's something I've always wanted to do but never really had the time until this record, to really come up with a concept and try to stitch everything together and um, put it into a world. Um, I've always loved those records that sound like it's its own uh, listening experience, like prepackaged. So um, that's what I was striving for, yeah.
1: So when you finally figure that out, I mean, what is that world? What What is the concept?
0: I mean, I think you're, I, I just want to put the, the listener in the Jeep, really. Um, it literally starts off with the the ignition starting. So um, for you to hear that right off the bat and then for it to end with the ignition turning off, I feel like it's just like a, a nice picture.
1: And it works by the way. Uh, the first time I previewed the whole record, just coincidentally not knowing anything about that, I was in my car and I was just driving around. And let me tell you, <laughs> perfect soundtrack, you did it. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. And you mentioned the Jeep. We have to bring up the Jeep, too, because this is the vehicle that we see in, in the photos. Tell me about this, because this is not this. It's very unique looking.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, well, first off, jeepneys are um, public transit buses from the Philippines. Um, Most were were like repurposed World War II military jeeps, jeeps from the U.S. So. The one that I have specifically, that one is from World War II in 1942. It's a 1942 Jeep Willy, brought to the Philippines, converted in 67 to a bus. And then uh, some landowner in Minneapolis commissioned this thing to come over uh, and he would give tours of it in his housing development. And that, that's where I found it eventually on eBay. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty fun story.
1: Man, World War II, like originally from there, and, and it, it gets decked out. It's it's colorful. It's and and it drives well.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. it drives great. I mean, these things were just literally designed to be fixed and repaired during a battle, a war. So like it's a uh, it's a very interesting object to be uh, working with right right now. Just like given the politics of the world and um, the concept in general of like repurposing something from from the States and internationally, I feel like that I totally resonate that with my identity. So,
1: and is this something you could actually like, like go on adventures with that you trusted in in that sort of way?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. So we just did our first uh, experimental sort of sound system pop up with the Jeep. We pulled up to our, um, our local internet radio station. It's called lower grand here in Oakland. And we just like popped speakers on top of the roof and just tweeted or uh, just posted that we're out. Come, come, listen to the, the record and some other music. So, that was a really fun experiment. But I think I might uh, give less of a heads up because there was a lot of people.
1: <laughs> it was a lot. What can you say? You've got a you've you've got a fan base. I don't think that's a secret at this. Point, no,
0: it's it's awesome to see that kind of support. I just I just want everyone to be safe. <laughs> so yeah.
1: It's also sort of the equivalent of the Mobile pulling up. Like if I hear <laughs> the uh, the Wienermobile is here, I'm gonna go see it. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact relation I'm sure that you were looking for. And Pretty much, yeah, amazing yeah. vehicle that you have.
0: It's the Ascomaya. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so getting back to, to, to the record side of it, um, before I get yeah. to further end, I don't even know where I could have went with that, but um, uh, you call it Mahal, and, and, and here we are talking about this physical object, and when you look up that word for the translation, it seems to be this dual thing, because you get this love or beloved, but you also to me surprisingly get the word expensive yeah and did both of those was that all a part of it
0: oh uh, well i think i sort of ran with it knowing that mahal does mean love and expensive but like generally it's kind of just like a highly valued uh possession or, or just highly valued as an adjective so like i i kind of yeah i ran with that um i think it was sort of a coincidence that i did make such a extravagant purchase for this campaign but at the same time it felt like it was just the right time to really really just go really hard in the representation of all of this this whole project and trying to really just represent my filipino side i've never really paid it that much blatant attention so um it's it's yeah it's something i've been wanting to do just for family and for fun really
1: so further on that, then representing your Filipino side, I mean, beyond the uh, the Jeep, how does that find itself in the record?
0: I think the, the like Filipino like music culture in general is is kind of already a mixture of elements and genres. As is, it's not, It's like a lot of the stuff uh, is like inspired by like not my music personally, but like a lot of the stuff that I was listening to, like these hot dog compilations. If you look that up they're like inspired by like pop disco and j-pop and city pop mixed with like abba and american pop so and like some beatles in there so it's like all already from the air that i was trying to pull from especially like which is the 70s they the, the filipino sound is kind of like already a, um, an assimilation of things so uh
1: yeah that 70s thing it really comes through too i mean especially Uh what you're doing on the guitar. It's this crazy, I don't know. I mean, I guess psychedelic is an easy word to use right there. I was listening to the loop and you know, really prominent on there. Is it is that guitar part actually recalling something, or am I just does it sound familiar to me? were you going for anything specific on that? Because it reminds me of something.
0: Uh, who's it reminding you of?
1: I don't know. And that's why I was hoping you could tell me.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's so many. I was listening to a lot of um like um like midwestern soul like chicago and detroit like soul groups like bands like the the chai lights or the chi lights i think it's chi lights or uh i mean me personally i think that guitar part in that song reminds me of like tim maya or something
1: yeah there's that maybe it's the uh i i'm I'm almost got the song with it talks about the gangsta lean and uh oh yeah, yeah nice. yeah like yeah. there's something in there that, that I think that's where it's pulling me to. I love it anyway. That's just to say, but that's such a specific style of guitar, uh, a, a specific style of sounds. Like, for, like, like, when did that come up for you? Halfway through the record, I, I knew
0: that I wanted, on, on all of my records, I try to have some more subdued songs and some more high energy songs. So when it came to like channeling the lower energy sort of, Vibes. I, I was pulling more from like soul and funk, like slow ballad type songs. So yeah, a, a lot of like yeah, a lot of that 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 world of um. Trying to think of who else is out there, more American, just American funk and soul before it turned disco.
1: Right, before Bootsy got a hold of it, and, uh, really. <laughs> <laughs> Took it out there. Uh, speaking of guitar, I mean, you really, uh, right from the beginning, you've got uh, Ruben uh, from uh, Unknown Mortal Orchestra playing too, right? Yep, yep. That's that, that seems like an easy relationship. What's the story there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm so fortunate to have Ruben on the record again. Like, we actually tracked this song um, back in 2017 when I was uh, living in Portland, and he came by my house one day and just um, laid down some stuff and, it's something I've been working, this record, I've been working on it for about five years. So to, um, to have him be a part of this one, as well as What For? feels really uh, like a nice segue. Also just this record in general is like, to me, just like the sister record of What For? Um, even down to the title, asking What For? And this one being Love, Mahal. So like, I really do, I try to link them just so you know that this isn't just like a phase or anything, but it's just like another side of me, where I have, I have this indie rock, this psych rock thing going on, but also this electronic thing. But to keep these two these two storylines going at the same time is, is is fun.
1: Man, I love it when artists do that. I mean, it's it, when they bridge the stories together, especially like that. Yeah, like, it just um... takes
0: time. It takes like <laughs> ten years. <laughs>
1: Apparently. So in fact, it's the uh, that's not the only callback. I mean, I say callback. That's not really what I'm getting at here, but uh but way too hot. Like you actually that this is not the first time that song's been out there, right? What what brought right. that record that song onto the record?
0: Exact same reason. I think I wanted to really bring listeners back to this era slash sound. And that song was a B-side, and I felt like it always just had like way more potential to be on a record. And um you know, the, that that song was from um, the same era as like Omaha. I don't know if you remember that track, but I decided to leave Omaha off the record because like, because that was a single and it had so much of a life of its own, a video even, I just felt like it was best to just leave it in 2016 and not really tie it to now to Mahal. So, but I did have so many good songs. I felt like, so I just wanted to grab Way Too Hot and really just like clean it up a little bit more. And um, it honestly it fit with the themes of this record of trying to have multiple musicians on this record, like Way Too Hot features Tanuki-chan on guitar and actually my studio mate Brendan Nakahara on drums. No, sorry, another friend. But uh, yeah, I felt like that's just like more of the vibe. I just want me jamming with other homies.
1: It's a nice surprise when you get to that spot, especially if like me, I wasn't paying attention to the track listing suddenly things start to sound a little familiar, you know, that's, that's great. Yeah. 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 Cause it's such a,
0: uh, I felt like that song is like not as known as others. Yeah.
1: Right. Speaking of songs, uh, the first thing that we got to hear was, uh, was Postman and in one sense, you know, it's this, it's a very, it can be a very simple story. I don't know how you meant it to be, but it's just, it seems to be this very simple story. And I had this thought in my mind, like, you know, if you're a musician, You know, you hum melodies and they just come out and and suddenly you put, you know, a few little scratch words to it and maybe that becomes a song. I don't know how often that happens to you, but I wonder for a song like this, you know, does it come from a small moment that suddenly that suddenly you have to answer for in a grand conceptual piece during an interview for?
0: Yeah, you know, I I, luckily I did consider that. And luckily the song is a little deeper than what it appears. So, um, yeah, I mean, sure. At first glance, it's talking—it's a silly song about the Postman, but really like why make a song about the Postman? Why follow through with the video? Why push it as a single? Um, I personally feel like I connected with the Postman over lockdown and quarantine. I felt like that was something I never really even gave attention to or thought to because I was just gone most of the time whenever they would come by. So to see this person come by your house and that's the only company or the only person you see throughout your day during the lockdown, that was just a small shout out to the people who are, you know, keeping us running and uh, bringing us our food, our packages throughout the day. It was like it's a, it's a shout out song, but it's also like a song that's showing my support for the Postal Service and 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 hopefully it doesn't shut down because it's, it's a nice system.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I, I can tell you that uh, for what the reasons you're talking about right now, during the lockdown, I started ordering things that I wanted but had put on the back burner just so I could have that moment of feeling of Christmas day or whatever, again, of, of some kind of connection, you know, every day when the mail arrived.
0: Yeah. And I felt like this was another, this using that, this theme as like a vehicle to talk about what's going on now, the pandemic without even mentioning the pandemic, I feel like is what my goal was, was like, everyone kind of is going to eventually try to talk about the pandemic or Covid, and I just tried to stay away from those words, literally. So like, I just wrote around it and just wrote about the feelings. And this song particularly was just like a fun avenue to explore.
1: Is that kind of the similar um, situation with magazines? Because again, you, you, you that's so hyper-focused yeah. onto something to tell the bigger picture.
0: Well, magazine, it, it is tied to that idea of, yeah, getting mail, but it's also, it that's even a a bigger zoom out where it's I really just wanted to sort of comment on the digital era and how we are consuming our content and I have this theory that like vinyl records and CDs are some of the last printed matters that we we really cherish because like books are becoming more printed literature and is becoming a bit more rare except for records that's that's the only thing that's having like a year-long backup so like uh it to me I felt like almost branding or marketing this record as a magazine with the barcode on the front and like the giant title like um the small sans uh subscript like I really feel like that's sort of the themes there that I wanted to just sort of touch on and is, is how like a record is kind of like a know if we approach it more like a book and less like this like streamable um just quick hurry up and eat it up and then on to the next new record kind of thing like i really wanted to just make a physical object um from the get-go like i went into mahal knowing it's going to be a record it's going to have a side and a b side uh that kind of thing so but if you look at outer peace for example that that was made for the digital age of consumption and it's made to sort of be this like ADD sort of playlist vibe.
1: Uh, it's, it's very, as I was talking about, you know, driving around in the car, it's a very enriching experience. Like, you know, I am held there for that moment. So <laughs> yeah. um, you pulled that off and going, you know, right right before this, I, I mentioned a few things outside of the record too, because uh, the, you did two instrumental versions of your first two albums yeah. to put out there as well. So why, you know, what was the importance of like stripping those just to the instrumental? Like why why did you want to do that specifically as full pieces?
0: This is something I'm hoping to continue to do with all of my 10-year anniversaries and I feel like it's I personally I'm a fan of instrumental music, I'm a fan of soundtracks. I as a producer and as someone who got even more into music because of sampling and listening to Jay Dilla's instrumentals and stuff like that, I really felt like it got, it allowed me to sort of reveal the curtain a little bit more. And I know it allows the listener to sort of, just sort of hear or see the process a little deeper, a little more. So like, my whole ethos with Toro as a project is to sort of encourage creativity. And so to, to push that forward is kind of that was the motivation there it's just like really it's for the, the samplers the producers That like i want them to like hear the grooves without the vocals on it or like just freestyle on top of something if you're a, a vocalist or something so
1: just the many different versions as you say of you that you're putting out there and and now quickly before you get off here uh hit on the uh, the producer side as well because you, you did some uh, remixing of course with uh with haim and caroline Polachek, which huge fans of both of those. Yep. And you've been like, are you producing uh, lately on top of getting a record ready? Is that still yeah, going on see, in your world?
0: I just wrapped up all my projects last week. So I'm, I'm chilling this week as far as my ears go. But yeah, I uh, just wrapped the Uffy record and that's coming out on company. And um, we just wrapped up the next Tanuki Chan record, which I'm pretty excited about. And then I also just wrapped a third project, third record, um, with another company artist, Elijah Kessler, um, who was on Soul Trash. So all of this stuff is finally, you know, coming to a, a, a wrap. So it feels good to just start thinking the next
1: steps. At least put the focus on the album that's uh, being released right now. That's exactly, the- pretty much.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I got to finish this shit before tour. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's the tour going to look like uh, th- this time around? Do you, do you conceptualize that as well?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, tour is... Uh, a production so I try to keep it fairly simple I I don't really um see myself going like too big on production or too long on the road just to sort of it's just so I'm able to keep up with my own self and all the other things on my plate so uh yeah my plan is just to continue touring but just like shorter stints but more often throughout the year and just try to find a new groove in this um this new music like arena it's definitely like everyone's on the road right now and everyone is also still getting sick so just trying to like uh figure that out
1: well i, I look forward to seeing a show uh when it comes <laughs> around uh, whenever that go. happens yeah <laughs> and then uh, hopefully uh safe and healthy while you're at it too by the way I'll out there. Yeah, so. you. so know uh Chaz, thank you so much congratulations on the mahal I-, I love what you do every single time and it's always a pleasure to get new music from you and thanks for taking the time to talk about it of course thank you so you want to be a rock and roll star no well how about a podcast star well as it turns out there's a new all-in-one platform just for you it's called anchor and it's the easiest way to make a podcast and check this out it's free Download the free Anchor app right now, or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. The last time Chaz and I spoke was uh, just back in 2018. Uh, We got to jump into his record called uh, Outer Peace, talk about the concept behind it, uh, the dangers and fun of technology, and wanting to work with Darius Rucker of Hootie and the Blowfish, uh, also his mini collaboration. So I'm going to include that here. Part two of Kyle Meredith with Toro y Moi. Hey, how's it going? I gotta tell you, your your new record, Outer Peace, uh I you know, I it's it's not even out yet. I, I've heard it a few times and it's it's a twenty nineteen record, but it's like my favorite record of twenty eighteen. It's a good sign. It it really is, man. You've outdone yourself. It is so extremely catchy and of course, you know, digging into it when you find out the themes of what we're talking about and everything, I mean it's it's a pretty incredible record you've got here. Thank you. And it's called Outer Peace. And maybe that's the place to start, right there. You know, because because that right. probably says a lot in the title itself. I, I know, uh, I'll <laughs> quote you in in the press release where you say this record is a response to how disposable culture, uh, how disposable culture has become, and how it affects creativity. Does the uh, does the title sort of set that up?
3: That's correct. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm mainly sort of just trying to, uh, I don't know, use my job as a way to ask questions. I feel like it's kind of like my duty to put out messages almost after a certain level of like success. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I don't want to just like spout out like random crap. So I don't know. I felt like I really needed to, to have an angle on, on the lyric side of things and like the thematic or the, like the themes of, of this album. So, like, yeah, I kind of felt like talking about technology and creativity, those are two things that I find myself aligned with. And those are also things I feel like just everyone in general is becoming a little bit more familiar and aware of because it, it's sort of forcing us to be to sort of think of our own like personal brands so sort to of speak so I feel like everyone can sort of see themselves as, themselves as a creative if they have a phone
1: of course inner peace is a phrase that you know we've been using for a long time and 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 uh, once again outer peace kind of plays on that you know furthering what you're talking about there what exactly does the the peace part of outer peace mean to you
3: well I guess it was really mainly just uh, sort of touching on the idea of peace is not necessarily inside of us these days it's um it's more like a zoning out of sorts so it's kind of like a an outer piece is like in reference to just like whenever you're bored and you just find yourself like scrolling the internet on your phone and like that in its way it could be dark but at the same time at least uh it seems peaceful it seems like it's a double-edged sword for sure.
1: And of course, I mean, we hear that in a few of the songs. I'll, I'll hit on the single uh, first, which uh, again, yeah. has been nonstop in, in my rotation right now. But awesome. yeah, I, th- there's that line. It, it sticks out so much too, um, you know, uh, Silver or Black Mirror, you know, and, and of course we know Black Mirror right now as a, as a show on Netflix that sets up, I don't know what you call a dystopian future. I mean, or or the dystopian present, <laughs> I Correct. guess, you know, yeah. In, yeah. in that sense. But, and, and, and I, I guess that's the Question: There is like you know what you're talking about. So many sci-fi writers—they've been talking about this stuff for years about the future, and and with the way you're you know singing these lyrics, what you're talking about everything. This is that future, right? To a certain point,
3: I feel like it is. It's. We've got it we've got all the things they've been talking about it seems like aside from like flying vehicles or whatever but i mean <laughs> it's it feels like the future to me it, it definitely just like watching it grow from just you know a giant television to this, this thing in your hand like i kind of feel like um we're definitely plugged in like it's not again it's not a bad thing but we just got to be careful i think and sort of just um again just follow everything in mod- moderation
1: and how much of that? Because you're a person, you know. We've talked before, and, and you've talked a lot of, you know, in the past too. You, you, you mm-hmm. like the outdoors. That's that's a big passion yeah. for you and everything. And and then there's the technology side. How much of a struggle is that for you to keep that balance?
3: It's it's still hard. I mean, it's hard to just get motivated to go out and like just do nothing and <laughs> walk around. And uh, yeah, I think. Um, that's sort of that moderation I'm talking about is like as much as we're plugged in we've got to sort of just disconnect from technology every once in a while and uh, I feel like I don't know it's a it's a it's not like uh, the only thing that's like on my mind these days like but it is something I feel like it's hard to do to find that balance
1: I'll bring up a uh, while we're on the subject of sort of the outdoors you're in California, right I, I didn't know if the uh, right. yeah. the wildfires yeah. had uh, had affected you in any way
3: I was fortunately. Gone for the smoke, and like I was on tour, but uh, a lot of the area—I I know it took a hit, but I didn't—I wasn't personally affected by it. Um, I had some friends that had family members that lost some property, but yeah, it's—it's it's crazy how it can just go like that. I don't know.
1: I mean, and 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 speaking of the present that we're in, I mean, these—you know—California <laughs> is now dealing with this yearly, every single year. You know, and 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 we've got our own issues in Kentucky, and. Of course, the climate report just came out that I'm I'm really losing sleep over. You know what it's talking about right, right now. It's the warning signs that have been there forever, and now it's like, well, you fucked up. It's too late. Right. Like, how much of that uh, lands in your mind?
3: If it's, I, I mean, if anything, I'll try it my best as a human or as, like, a citizen to just recycle a little bit more or something like that. But I, I, I find myself, my habits are, are primarily healthy like I don't know what more I can do aside from just stop driving so maybe I'll just do that
1: next <laughs> we all might be forced to do that regardless I'll take the lighter side of the record too because you know this is all very <laughs> heavy stuff there is a much lighter side because it's a really fun record on right. the surface it, it, I mean there's so much happening head over to laws of the universe and you know here you are and is it paying homage to uh to James Murphy <laughs> when you say James Murphy is spinning at my house in the melody of da Punk is at my house
3: Right. Yeah. It's it's an homage slash like little shout out to the, the indie world that many of my fans might not know or be familiar with. And I just kind of want to just bring that world up with me as well. And um sort of just like represent, you know, where I'm coming from musically, creatively, like I'm not doing the stereotypical sort of like R&B hip hop route. And so just really just putting the nail in the coffin, really just like, Really, just showing the references.
1: Are you, uh, are are you and James close? Does he know about this? I don't think he does, but I'm not sure if Daft Punk knew about his song. <laughs> <laughs> they would have eventually, though, and it's, that's that's going to be the fun thing, you know, if he if he catches onto this. And he's got a great That'd sense of humor, problems, Yeah, really, it's just passing the baton. The fun thing, the other fun thing about this record is, you know, this comes so quick <laughs> after Boo Boo too. I mean, that was just a 2017 release. That right from the beginning, you're like, you know, here it is, and, and, and there was sort of a question about how much promotion you were going to put behind that, which made me kind of wonder if this record was sort of a reaction to that in any way, like, okay, that's there, now let's move on to this. It
3: was. It was definitely more of an immediate uh, reaction to how I, where I was, like mentally, just, you know, the... The political state just got into, like, the Trump era, and, like, I just moved to Portland and was going through a breakup, and so, like, everything was kind of just inverted for me, and uh, I just wanted to put it out not really, like, make it a much of a statement or not make it much of a—I didn't want to capitalize off it too much because it was more of a, a weaker point of, like, my emotional state, so I just wanted to put it out there, but for this one, I really wanted to take a pop approach and, like, do a rollout and, like, multiple interviews and really um, just be back in the, the public eye again
1: with it. Now with it, you know, existing in that state, though, I mean, is this still something you incorporate, you know, into the live shows in the future?
3: Um, yeah, even just for this past tour that we just completed, we've upped the production a bunch and, like, I'm um, freehand and not really behind instruments as much. And it feels great, honestly. I think it's something that I've always wanted to sort of experiment with. But yeah, I think this record is definitely more of a, I don't know, I guess a traditional
1: rollout. So to speak. And it's got guests on it. I don't know. I mean, do you want to give mm-hmm. us give us the, the the lineup that you're working with this time around?
3: Yeah, on the record the guest features are uh Chelseae from Wet and um Abra uh and Stupendo and um my my keyboardist Anthony Ferraro, he plays some some stuff on there. And so, yeah, we kind of really just started to I don't know. I, I kind of just knew that I wanted to showcase my production a little bit more on this record and give everybody a, a break from my voice. And uh, that's why I sort of just have some songs with just the Jess featured on it. And I'm not on it at all. And then some of it is kind of just like one one feature for like Instapendo. He's not even uh, uh, singing on it, but it's more just like a production feature and that kind of stuff. I, I felt like I wanted to start showcasing my musical community sort of.
1: It's you know in an interesting way, uh, maybe unintended. It, it, you can still play it as an album, and it works as a great album. But in the uh, in the playlist era that we're in, it, it almost plays into that as well. You know, to a listener who mm-hmm. might be used to the shuffle.
3: Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm a product of that of this generation as well. and I, I'm guilty of the playlist sort of mindset. It's kind of crazy, but it it's all the good parts. <laughs> it's all your favorite parts. <laughs>
1: While we're speaking on production, that was sort of the other part of this year with uh, Toro E. Rome, uh, working with Rome Fortune. Did that have any bleed over to this record, you know, what you were taking from that versus how you were working on this one? You know, I have to say, like, a lot of those
3: productions I I made outside of the Boo Boo sessions, or outside of the uh, Outer Peace sessions, it was, like, stuff that I was doing during Boo Boo, and I kind of just had, like, this folder of unused stuff, and I just gave it to him, and I was like, See if you can do something with it. And I kind of feel like that in itself, like just releasing all of that stuff and like letting go of it kind of got me motivated to, I don't know, going back to that whole like disposable culture kind of thing. Like it just made me ready to move on and like want to update my sound.
1: Well, for a person who's been... You know, no one's ever been able to really put you in the box. Many have tried, but the critics, because that's what we're always trying to do with label, but but throwing out something like that, I mean, that's so different from all of the rest of your, your material, you know? It makes it really fun.
3: It's, yeah, it's really fun to do that kind of stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: a curiosity here, you have mentioned on Twitter about, I, I can't tell how serious you are about wanting to work with Darius Rucker. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm. I'm 95% serious. I think there is some irony in wanting to participate in country music these days, but I do—I uh, am a country boy. I am from South Carolina. He's from South Carolina. We're both trying to represent Columbia, right? And uh, I would love to work with Darius Rucker. Like, n- all jokes aside, I—I I love country music. I love pop music, and uh, I don't know. I wonder if he's heard any of my more like singer-songwriter, like, twangy stuff, but. It'd be a really
1: awesome collab. I'm determined to help you out on this. I, I, I had Darius on, oh, I taped an interview earlier this week, but uh, there's going to be a new Hootie record. It's the 25th anniversary of Cracked Rearview next year. So I'm oh, amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm, everyone. Yeah, I, I hope you do, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I, I'm determined now that I know this to to make sure that his management knows all of this. That's that's going to happen.
3: Please, please. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh,
1: and, and since we're on the trivial too, uh, I guess you call this trivial, logic has you know got a tattoo of what four yeah. on it, and I feel like I mean people do this fans do this all the time, but when you have someone of of prominence, I guess it takes a you know a, a little bit of celebrity I guess it takes a a bit more of the attention on there and 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 did that news get to you was that of interest yeah i mean so bobby's been in touch with me now for like a couple
3: years and he pretty much yeah got in touch with me right when i moved to portland and like we both just talked about work and relationships and just like approaches to like business stuff even and like we both know that we're in like different worlds and like we're gonna collaborate eventually but um he's so busy and and like he's got like two albums always ready to go like he's just like one after another so i don't know to have someone that prolific and of prominence like you're saying to like reach out and like just be uh, sort of a fan for a second and not even really about the, the the business side of things i feel like it's it's such a genuine thing that like is lost honestly in like the hip-hop community primarily it's like such a, a aggro world that it's hard to sort of um hear out a lot of like hip-hop artists because there's such a stigma with rappers of being like uncommunicative or just i don't know so like it was really sick honestly to like be, be able to get to know him and like hear him and how my music's helped him through some times.
1: And and now you are a part of his physical body for I know it possibly ever.
3: Pretty, <laughs> It's really flattering. I don't have any tattoos myself, but I'm glad he picked that one because it's. I've always told myself if I was going to get a band tattoo, it would be something a little bit more obscured than just the band logo or something.
1: Something that you've got to ask about. Something that you've got to yeah. dig deep. Yeah. You can always get a temporary tattoo, you know, just, just for some payback, at least. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's, so it, it was cool. It was really cool.
1: Well, Chaz, uh, thanks again for the talk today. I cannot congratulate you enough on Outer Peace. Uh, I'm in love with the record, and, and I, you know, I'm Thank such an admirer much. of what you do every single time so so thank you thank you and thanks for the support and it's uh, good to hear from you again yeah you too ma'am we'll see you out on the road and uh, and take care all right peace and to round it out let's head back to 2015 oh how young we were uh this is when chaz had released what for and he was on the tour for that one we spoke about mistaken identity his non-musical backup playing hiking and solo success part three of kyle meredith with toro y moi Thanks for having me. Uh, new record is called What For. It is a fantastic record, and dare I say it, especially since you're here, that this is your best record ever.
0: Oh, wow, thanks.
1: Uh, it is, it's fantastic, it's so good. And I know you've done some great stuff in the past, and I've been a fan, but there is something so fun and cohesive about this. I appreciate that. Yeah, which I guess uh, it's kind of funny, your past, because I feel like from what I read and from what I gather from a lot of the way you answer this question, mm. it's kind of been a case of mistaken identity something like that. Yeah, because you start as a guitar guy. You're the yeah, Pixies yeah. fan, you're the Weezers fan, you do that, and then suddenly you stumble upon this R&B thing, your version right. of it, which they dub the Chill Wave, yeah. and then you come back around and here you are. Yeah, I,
0: you know, I appreciate all kinds of music, so it's not like I um, I don't know, I, I've been to every, into a lot of stuff for a while, it's just a matter of time before I get yeah. to make a record or a song like that.
1: I guess it's like a thing though it's and there's an interview I want to talk about too. this Jeff McFetridge interview I, oh, cool. I think it was going to be meta that we're going to talk about an interview within an interview yeah but you talk about like there, and, and I agree with you there is a generation that comes up now where genre isn't a thing right and like breaking genre isn't really you don't break a genre because <laughs> yeah. you know everybody's just shuffling right. from different sound to different sound and here you are and suddenly we expect you to kind of can't change
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean it's so fun to just uh, just do something you haven't done before I think especially now in music you have to constantly change in order to make it interesting for you and for fans but uh, it's totally okay to be into hip-hop and country even it's like totally normal now
1: I think that's what LL is promoting at this point oh so. yeah <laughs> I don't know if that's the best example it's but, probably not uh, the best example but maybe it is yeah. <laughs> don't do that <laughs> you know Dolly Parton tried to make a rap album once that's true or I some rap that. songs on it. it it didn't work out so well it yeah. didn't. do you find it weird though that you have to answer kind of for that like oh you've done something different this yeah is, I mean I, I don't feel like I'm
0: doing anything that different I'm just sort of trying just to have fun with it really yeah. um, whether I'm doing like electronic stuff or, you know, traditional songwriting type stuff, it's just like, uh, how do I make something that I would want to hear, right. uh, no matter the genre.
1: And you're doing it mostly yourself. I mean, uh, Tor yeah. Iwao for the most part is completely solo, right? It's pretty much a solo act. Yeah. I mean, you're alone in a room. <laughs> yeah. With a computer and the instruments, you know, yeah. if you're using those. Do you get to a point? Are are there do you have like a main collaborator a uh, producer engineer type that you eventually let in and say what um, now
0: No you know I sort of do everything myself and then for this record I I um I let my actually my front of house guy Pat Jones yeah. he mixed it for me and um I gave him my rough mixes I told him like some like key notes and then I just sort of just like let him go with it because like for me especially now I kind of wanted it to be um, for everyone not just me and I kind of wanted mm-hmm. some input somewhere mm-hmm. in the process and so having him mix it was a nice um, compromise but this I isn't guess. like
1: control over the songs where he's going you know what the bridge really needs to be <laughs> <laughs> no
0: yeah it was more just like compression EQ panning, yeah the right, basic right. Yeah, yeah, you're not ready I, for that
1: part though. Yeah, I don't know
0: if I would bring in someone to do that. Maybe I don't yeah. know.
1: that's the uh, that's the duets record down the uh, yeah. down the road. you get like a uh, in a in a uh, what's uh, a Broken Bells type of scenario, you know? Right. Yeah, I would love to do something like that.
0: I don't know if I would want my face like involved or, with or like on it. Depends you know. on how good the music
1: is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <I guess>. But
0: <laughs> like, I would like to collaborate with someone where I just did their whole album with mm-hmm. them. Or and then, it kind of, be a
1: secret project for yeah,
2: you. Yeah. You know, yeah you don't I, even
0: of, I don't even want to, you know, really have my name be on it. Just yeah. sort of be like a, a
1: ghost producer or something. I think that'd be really fun. We'll never be able to do that interview. I'll never know. Yeah, you'll never know. I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the other great, uh, interesting part of you is you're a man with a backup plan. Although I would say it's, it's backwards. The other side of of Chaz is a graphic designer. Yeah. As you said many times, you're a graphic designer first, and music was a hobby yeah it seems so backwards than most people because most people they're like I'm gonna be a graphic designer and I accidentally became a musician but now I'm a musician for life yeah and I almost get from you that you're ready at any point for this to crumble (laughs) and you're like it's fine yeah I got this other thing going on well you know we've all
0: seen like the different scenarios of like musicians careers whatever the ups and downs are I kinda I feel like I've learned from a lot of other people's careers their choices and stuff and I've just sort of I'd like to not treat music as a career I'd rather much rather just think of it as a hobby and I feel like if I can think that way I can just trick myself into thinking (laughs) that I can just keep doing this for fun and not think of it as a job so I I mean, so far, so good. Yeah, so it's, it's working so far. Yeah,
1: every, every time you've gotten a little bit bigger, a little bit more successful, yeah. you know, whatever it is. I think
0: Steve Jobs calls that distorting your reality. Is that it? I think that's what it's called.
1: <laughs> I hope you keep doing that. Yeah, everyone and, should just distort your reality. Everybody, <laughs> everybody. Uh, I also think that's also called denial. <laughs> yes. I'm not a musician, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no clue what you're talking about. Do you get to a point, do you, do you think that graphic design as, as heavily as, as, I guess you might think about that on a daily basis anyway, that that really does direct your music?
0: Uh, to an extent. I feel like graphic design really does help me, um, uh, I guess, curate my taste in a better mm-hmm. way. Like, I feel like my taste is affected by graphic design. And, my taste affects my musical choice. Like, right. I don't like a lot of contemporary music. I like mostly stuff in the 70s and 80s and even the 90s. But like, it's, there's some connection there. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. But I do feel like the thing that connects them both is taste.
1: Right. What was the last band you were obsessed with? Last band I was obsessed with. Yeah. Do you, do you have those? Do you go through phases where it's like you know? I just go through the whole discography. Yeah. That's like oh, like I, I know you're a bit of a Big Star fan. Yeah. Like I remember when I first like gave into Big Star. Like I think I'd heard mm. El Gudo a few times, and then I heard Lie to Me. Yeah. And that was it. Like, you know, for it was yeah. like that three I, I weeks. That that's was, all I listened to. Yeah.
0: That was the, probably the last one, and then I got into Chris Bell and all the solo mm-hmm. projects,
1: and mm-hmm. then yeah. shame. Yeah. What's shame. No one hears that, Like that's. I mean, it's nice that it's a little secret, because then you get, what you get is like uh, Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah, I'm sorry, Jeff Buckley's Grace, Mm -hmm. where everyone takes, you know, his cover and...
0: Right. I I think I nerded out on Big Star a lot uh, within the past year, and then um, there's a lot, actually I nerded out a lot on like electronic music, just because uh, with um, house producers and whatever, like they... They just put out a bunch of singles, yeah. more than a, just a single album. So you can really just dive in and just like find like 20 singles from one person. Um, I
1: guess that that's essentially the same thing, sure. Except it's not albums, but you get a, you get a guy like Apex Twin who just says, "Here's a new website with hundreds of songs. Enjoy." Yeah.
0: Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I've been into like I really like to nerd out on um,
1: like floating points. Yeah, um, he's really awesome. And, um, so you're still finding it, though. Like yeah. l- What I'm getting to is, you know, you're, you were saying you, know, you don't really get into contemporary artists, but it's not for a lack of love. Right. For music that's not your own, <laughs> what you're making. You know, it's
0: yeah, I kind of... I like to just find a good balance. I like to be aware of what's going on in contemporary music, but also just constantly digging mm. for stuff that's already been released just because there's so much stuff out there. Yeah. I feel like it could be... It's good stuff. I don't know. It's and then
1: you, and then you say, I like that. I want to do that kind of record. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. That, and that's how you go from the early stuff to what for. Right. You know. And and then as soon as we get a grasp on you for that sound, yeah. You've moved on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about that yet? Do you know what your next move is? Uh, somewhat. Yeah. 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 Not ready to talk about it. No. No, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't give over the secrets because it might be a secret band and then we wouldn't even know anyway. Yeah uh I and mean, uh, you spend a lot of time uh outside yeah
0: like long distance hiking that's not that's an exaggeration is that is that,
1: okay so i caught that in the, that was back in the uh, mcfetridge interview and like but that's what i said like, what is overnight hiking you know it's i, I mean i get uh, what it is but. yeah
0: i mean you hike and then you camp and then you hike right. it's not like you so hike not for like the you're, night yeah or anything no i'm no. not that skilled of a outdoorsman but i do enjoy being in nature just yeah. because it's uh it's a nice balance or it's, it, it, it's a nice balance um, especially with this kind of uh, you know career to I be mean. like uh... in a in a position where like uh... your individual your personality or your you're sort of a character caricature right. of yourself and you just need some sort of uh, outlet so there's no better outlet than nature
1: and you're in a good spot up there because it's what San Francisco and that that area Bay Area, yeah, yeah. Big Sur, lots of nature out there. See, I've never been there to Big Sur. When I hear Big Sur, of course, I think you know, I went I went through a huge Beat era. Oh, cool, you yeah, you know yeah. where it was uh, I was going through all the books and everything. Yeah, so the
0: Herman Miller Library. All of it, you yeah. know.
1: You, you've got the uh, was it uh, City Lights? Uh, is I that City Lights and everything? Not sure. Yeah, anyway, one of the great bookstores over there with the with the Beat culture and everything. Yeah, it's like I can imagine you could kind of lose yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean it's great. It's 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 um it's kind of like you know, what else is there? Sure. It's like you have nature and then you have all these physical things.
1: Yeah. It's so simple. <laughs> it's probably better than waiting in the green room night after night after night.
0: Yeah. I actually and do like to go to parks instead of like just waiting around or something. Right, right. Yeah, like you have those on people. Tour. You hear
1: them like, oh, we go to the museums or, you know, we check out every barbecue spot. And,
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with checking out barbecue museums. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Getting out there to the park and everything. Are, are, are you are you okay with uh, the live show aspect though? I mean, with, with this being like, I guess it's just like reading an interview about Pete Townsend mm. w- recently, where he's like, I don't even like the live show, and I've, I've really never. I do it because it's a, a part of the job. It's a necessity.
0: I I like the I like the, the live show. That's my favorite part. Um, there's parts of tour that's not always fun. Like there's, you know, the no sleep part, right, <laughs> or the you know just the traveling can be exhausting but aside from that that's the best part is playing it and seeing people's reactions and um, traveling with your friends too it's just like i I know my band i've known them for since like i was eight some since i was in high school and college so they're not hired guns or anything so we're all (laughs)
1: Bros. <laughs> yeah it's around for the fun yeah uh chas i want to say thank you we'll wrap this up uh what for i swear it's it's a perfect little record thank you you've done well yeah uh, and keep Appreciate doing it. that yeah all right and my thanks to Chaz. the new toro y Moi album is called mahal big thanks to you as well for checking out the episode you made it all the way to the end a oh, well done uh, before you head out of here, I do hope you hit that subscribe button. Again, three interviews every week, new ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at all the usual spots, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcast from. You can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with, get that new interview every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. After that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. That's Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also catch me on the social media spots, mostly on Twitter, but occasionally on Facebook and Instagram. All three of them at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.